get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Thrilled to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. One of my all-time favorite blues to watch is Troy Brower joining us here on the show. Troy, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, kind of hanging out. Uh, my son's not in school today, so uh, we're going to go and skate on the outdoor rink in a little bit. And then uh, other than that, just hang out and uh, do my thing. So, Troy, I, I think a lot of Blues fans are kind of wondering, what have you been up to this year? I mean, we, we miss having you on the Blues. What's this year been like for you uh, being away from the team for the first time in a while? Uh, you know what? It's been a little bit wild. Uh, it's definitely been a, a, a lot of a culture change. I know my kids are really enjoying having me around a lot more, uh, dropping them off at school, picking them up, getting around all day, every day. Um, but uh, for me, I'm actually still still skating, still still training. Um, I've talked to a couple teams, uh, had some preliminary talks with the Blues a little while ago, but uh, you know they they feel that they're they're set with what they got right now, so that didn't pan itself out, which uh, you know was a big disappointment to me because I loved uh, being in St. Louis and being a Blue. So uh, for me, still hoping something will come up here. You know, with uh, injuries and COVID and all that kind of stuff, who knows what's going to go on. And, and uh, I'm just staying ready and, and uh, having fun being a dad and being with the family right now. Well, Troy, do plan. let's plan this. The next time the Blues are close to the vicinity where you're at, let's 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 set up a, a, a trip for you to go convince Doug Armstrong that he needs you back on this <laughs> roster. Because, frankly, we loved having you here in St. Louis, buddy. Oh, I love being there. That city was so much fun. You know, my son was born there. Uh, you know, we spent two years there and, and had an absolute blast. Uh, the people are amazing. The fans are awesome. The organization is first class. And um, if, if the opportunity comes up again, I'll jump at it for sure. That's awesome. Well, Troy, I'm curious, buddy, because this is obviously an unprecedented season and you've been paying close attention to it. I know uh, trying to get back onto the on, on an NHL team. What what have you made from this season so far of playing 56 games in such a tight vicinity and on top of it playing the same division eight times? It's it's wild, you know. To me, to be honest with you, I've been you know watching a lot of the games, um, trying to you know watching a lot of friends and stuff like that, and and trying to figure out exactly what it's like talking to guys. Um, you know, it's got to be insanely difficult. I know a lot of people don't probably realize that when you go on the road for those you know, two or three games, you're not allowed to leave the hotel for the most part, you know, maybe go for a walk, but you can't go, can't go to the movies, can't go grab a coffee, stuff like that. So it's got to be very trying on the players as far as just sitting in that hotel and kind of finding ways to kill time and not even being able to hang out with each other 
I mean, you saw Washington with those four guys getting suspended and, and the team being fined. So, I mean, the NHL is really trying to lock down that aspect of it, but also just, you know, playing the same teams a couple of days in a row creates a, a little bit more rivalry, but it also gets redundant after a while, if you know what I mean. It's, you know, kind of seeing the same guys and, and having to battle with the same players and, uh, you know, only playing six or seven other teams, depending on what division you're in for the entire season. Um, and then it's a sprint and, and rape in the beginning, no breaks, um, no halts in play. And also, like everyone's been kind of saying, is they're all four-point games. If you go in and you lose a series to, um, I'll just say Colorado, if you're St. Louis, all of a sudden you're eight points behind and you're playing catch-up. So luckily the Blues have gotten off to a great start this season and hopefully uh, they'll keep it rolling. Talking to Troy Brower, former Blues forward here on 101 ESPN. Troy, have you noticed any dip in play or any change in the quality of play after what was a shortened preseason and then no preseason games at all? What have you made of the quality of play this year? Um, I, it's really starting to pick up. It's starting to get back to the level where it should be. Um, it was definitely a little bit sloppy at the beginning. Um, you know, just little things that, uh, you know, you kind of take for granted uh, when you're watching games, you know, those crisp pass on the tape and hitting guys in stride and, um, you know, that decision-making, that timing. Um, those are only things that you can get back during uh, hockey games. And, and, you know, you try and do as much as you can and have those inter-squad games in camp, but with no exhibition games and, and no, like, level of play where you're you know guys are competing to try and make the team against other guys on other teams are trying to uh, make their team um you know you don't have that urgency right away out of the gates and so to be able to to try and you know manufacture that um in just scrimmages isn't going to happen and so i've noticed that you know the first three or four games uh, a little sloppy you know a lot of you know mistakes that are very uncharacteristic for teams um, even at the beginning of the season of uh, a normal year that uh, are slowly starting to correct themselves and, and the hockey is, is getting a lot better and it's only going to get better going forward here. Troy, I, I know you've kind of paid attention to the Blues a little bit. You spoke about it and uh, a player right now at least, and we're nine games in, but a lot of people are talking about is Jordan Cairo. You saw this young kid last year for a little bit with the St. Louis Blues, but watching him on the ice now, uh, did you anticipate this type of player in the NHL for, for how great he's been on the offensive side of the puck? Uh, you know what? I, I've only watched, I'm going to say, half the Blues games, you know, four or five. Watched the season opener, a couple at the beginning. I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch the last two games against Anaheim because uh, uh, <laughs> they weren't exactly high-priority games on my list, if you know what I mean. Understandably I so. think we have learned the same thing here, Troy. I, I don't think that's a team that's going to be competing for the title. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they got some great players and, you know, they're in a, a rebuilding stage, but uh, I'd have to agree with you on that one. But, uh, I, you know what, he, he's been playing great this year. And, and uh, you know, there is something to say for being ready. Oops, sorry, I got a house call. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I didn't even know I had a house phone. <laughs> Frankly, I'm amazed that you have a house phone, too. I haven't had a house phone, I think, in like 15 years, Troy. <laughs> I just think we got one when we moved into our house here a year or two ago. But anyway, uh, uh, that where were they? Kind of, oh yeah, um, you know, for for a young player to to be able to take that off season and, and get himself ready and make sure that he's at the peak because everybody knows that at the beginning of every season, whether it's this year or regular season, you know, that first couple weeks is, is kind of a 
it's kind of a point zone, if you know what I mean, is everyone's kind of getting back into it. Teams are trying to figure out what they have and where they're going to fit their guys within their roster. And if you're able to take off out of the gate and get a couple goals, feel good about yourself, that's just going to give you a lot of confidence. That's going to give the coach and the organization confidence in you going forward through the rest of the season. And it's going to solidify your spot um, in that lineup as the season goes on. You know, if you come into a little bit of a uh, tough time and, um, you know, they're going to want to keep that type of player in Cairo up in the lineup because they know what he's able to do and they have that confidence with him at the beginning of the year. That being said, I was a little skeptical, you know, being around him a lot last year. He was one of those players that was kind of, you know, at that point in his career, and it sucks to say, but, you know, when you're 22, 23, 24, teams are trying to figure out, all right, is this a player we're going to go with? Or is it a player that we're going to flip to somebody else and, and give him a fresh start and um, almost essentially like a Fabry type player where yeah. um, you know he had a great you know first start of the year uh, to his career tailed off a little bit with injuries but now he's moved on to a new team and he's doing you know doing great with um, with uh, Detroit now but but I think Fabs was kind of at that crossroads or sorry not Fabs uh, Kyrie was kind of at that crossroads where. You know, the Blues weren't quite sure if he was going to fit into their plans going forward. But now, obviously, with the play that he's had, um, he's deserved what he has and, and he's earned what he has. And, and now, you know, he's, he's the top player on that team. And um, he's going to be a guy that they're going to lean on for offense going forward here. We're talking to Troy Brower here on 101 ESPN. Troy, one of the big questions that we had about the team from the outside looking in going into the season was the leadership aspect. I mean, you've you've been in that locker room. You saw the kind of leadership that guys like Bo Meester and Petrangelo and Steen all had in that in that locker room. Now they're all gone, and we all knew what Ryan O'Reilly brings to the table, but guys like Shin have stepped up as well. What did you see uh, from this team in the past, from those guys specifically, that, that would have led you to believe that this was going to be A-OK with the current leadership group in place? Oh, well, I mean, I, I was talking to Petro throughout his whole you know situation and, and departure and, you know, talking to Steen with his injury and stuff like that. You know, we go back for a number of years here and, and kind of uh, understanding what was going on in their aspect, but also looking inward. And, um, you know, with Ryan O'Reilly, you're, you got a natural leader, man. Like that guy, everyone looked up to him day one from when he stepped in that dressing room, just the way he conducts himself, the way he plays. Um, you know, he does the right things. He takes care of himself. He's always looking to encourage guys rather than, you know, beat guys down. And, and he's just a guy that people are drawn to. And so for them to make him the next captain was, you know, for me, an obvious choice. Um, maybe if Steiner was still there, that would be the only one that, you know, you would consider um, other than him. But, uh, you know, the, the surrounding group that they have, you know, as you say, um, Schenner's a, a, an unbelievable leader. He's been, you know, a staple in the NHL for a very long time and they had a very good uh, career as a blue so far and then you know you bring in a guy like Tory Krug as well um, and then you could go even further down the lineup you know uh, you know um, I'm not really going that far down the lineup but uh, <laughs> you know you know Jaden Schwartz is all, you know an amazing guy in that room that everybody looks up to you bring in I said Tory Krug um, you know you bring in a guy like Kyle Clifford who's won a couple Stanley Cups um, who's who's been on a couple teams in the last few years but um, you know, he's got that pedigree and I know talking to guys in LA, they absolutely loved him and him being on their team. Um, and so, you know, the back end Paranko is a little bit more of a quiet guy, but he's got a presence in that room. Um, and so even though you lose guys like Bo and Steiner and me, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely you, you're, Troy. <laughs> you're still going to be all right. And, and I know for a fact that Steiner is still well involved with the team, whether 
you know, I know he's not around the rink anymore, but talking to those guys, he still lives in St. Louis. He's still very, very good friends with all those guys. And so he's still a part of that dressing room, even though he's not technically in there day in and day out as well. Hey, Troy, my final question for you, buddy, and it's great to catch up with you. I want to ask you about a player that I know a lot of people in St. Louis are talking about, and it's Mike Hoffman. You spent that 2018-19 season with him in Florida, and frankly, that was Hoffman's career year, scoring 36 goals uh, in 70 points. Off to a little bit of slow start right now for Mike Hoffman, but what can people expect from this guy once he gets things going? You know what? He's a dangerous player. He's a guy that has an amazing shot and, and world-class skill. Um, you know, he's a guy that doesn't need a lot of room uh, to do what he does and, and get that shot off. You know, he's an amazing power play guy, um, has an absolute missile from that half wall. I, I wouldn't be too worried about, with, you know, his start so far. Is you you got to look at it in a lot of different um, scenarios. He, he, the hockey itself will, will sort itself out. And, and the only thing that I may think he has a little bit of uh, trouble adapting to, which a lot of people do, is he's going from being a career um, Eastern Conference guy to now playing for the St. Louis Blues, who is a very defensive, tight, uh, shutdown team. You know, they love to create their offense, but it, it's mainly focus on that defense and uh, takes care of the rest. And so you're going from a team like Florida, who is a lot more offensive minded, um, Ottawa, who is a lot more offensive minded and just a, a conference that, you know, has it a little bit more open rather than, you know, shut everything down. And so that's going to take a little bit of time for Hoff to, to kind of figure out, you know, what's going to work for him, uh, what style of play he's going to have. And then also, I mean, you're coming to a new team. And it is, you know, everyone always says, you know, it's, it can be tough. It can be easy depending on how you fit in and everything. But, you know, I, I was talking to him a little bit right before he signed, and he wasn't quite sure he was coming to St. Louis. So, you know, that little bit of unknown coming to a new city, uh, I don't know if he knew very many of the guys on the team. So having to, you know, learn the guys, learn the coaches, and then other things as well. Like now he's got to figure out in the city of St. Louis, where to get groceries, you know, where he's going to take his dogs to the vet. You know what I mean? Just little things like that, that kind of get overshadowed and stuff like that. So there's a lot going on um, in a very, very short period of time for him. And, and you know, he's, a, like I said, he's a world-class player. Um, you know, anyone who can score 20, let alone 36 goals in this league, regardless of what team you're on or division you're in, you know, you're going to fo- sort yourself out here. And so I wouldn't be too worried about him. Um, it, it's just that, you know, getting settled period and, and, uh, he's going to be off to the races here soon. I can tell. Well, Troy, someone on our text line made a great point. Uh, you may want to go check that house phone because it might've been Doug Armstrong calling to get you over here in St. Louis <laughs> after this interview. <laughs> I hope so. I'm going to have to, uh, you know, check the call display and then maybe I'll even send him a text just, <laughs> just to double check. <laughs> Troy, you're the best man. We always appreciate the time. Always enjoy having you on. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Absolutely. Troy. That is Troy Brower, former Blues forward, one of my all-time favorites, joining us here on 101 ESPN.